0: Hi, you're listening to koldo Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldo or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash koldo and now here's Rabbi Ken's latest message.
1: Gal e neiver avitaniflot meToratecha. B'shem Yeshua, open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Diane already, as Diane just prayed, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word. B'shem Yeshua, amen. Amen. Uh, We're going to look at a few sections. This this parasha this week has so many elements to it, so many commandments, so many different themes. So we're going to look at a few of them, but we're going to really end up with looking at remembering Amalek. Amalek or Amalek, and what it means to blot out Amalek for us. Deuteronomy 22, if you turn there, Deuteronomy 22, please, and we'll look at the first four, five verses, and we're going to talk, touch upon gender. In verse five, we're going to touch upon our care for our neighbor, for each other, in the first four verses here of Deuteronomy 22. So let's... Get into it. You are not to watch your brother's ox. Look at these first five verses of Deuteronomy 22. They just kind of really blow me away. You are not to watch your brother's ox or sheep going astray and ignore them. You must certainly bring them back to your brother. If your brother is not near you or if you do not know him, then you should bring it into your house and it will remain with you until your brother comes searching for it, and you return it to him. Has that ever happened to you? An ox no <laughs> well, it happened with a dog right it happened with the, Yeah, it happened with yeah, happen with a dog right happened, Francis I, yeah she used the dog used to run away from the house, and she would to keep it at our house and told the neighbors and let the neighbors no, leave a message. you know your dog ran away, he broke through the invisible fence or whatever, and you know so we, so we he 's at our place, all right. you are to do the same with his donkey or his coat or his or anything lost by your brother that may be lost by him and and you find and may not ignore them you must not watch your brother's donkey or ox fall down on the road and ignore it now does this tell us something about the human heart you know we just say well we don't we're not sinners we don't have a sinful nature we don't have a whether we call it sin for nature or whatever they call it, Yetzer Hara, Yetzer Hatov in Judaism, you know, but we have something. God says, there's something wrong that you would actually do that. But that's the inclination that we would just ignore it, that we wouldn't do anything about it. You must certainly help him lift it up again rather than the, the Hebrew word is to hide yourself from it. Verse five is very different. We'll comment on this in a minute. A man's apparel is not to be on a woman nor is a man to wear a woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is detestable to Adonai your God. So verses 1 through 4, we say, you know, our, natural, our reaction within us is, that's selfish to do that. That's selfish, right? That's just our reaction. We, something in us says, and our reaction to verse 5 should be, that's sick. Something not right about that. All right, I'm not talking about fashion statements, but I'm talking about really. I'm sorry, but if this offends you, but cross-dressing, it should be that's just not right. It's just something wrong about that. And so we say to each, it's just not something not right about each of, any of these things. But how do we know that these things are wrong? Because we have within us the image of God. Something in us reacts. It's like an alarm goes off. And what happens in life is if we ignore the alarm, reject the alarm, we keep pushing it, eventually, what happens if you keep ignoring an alarm? You stop hearing it, right? It doesn't, you're not hearing it anymore. You get used to it, and you, just stop, you don't hear the alarm anymore because you, you haven't responded to it. All right? God says, you can't fool me. I know your tricks and your tendencies. I hide... God sees. It's like omnipresent surveillance cameras. All right? Ignoring another's plight. The Hebrew word is alam, to hide yourself from. Alam. Want to say alam? And notice, it's interesting. It's three times in verses 1 through 4. It's not an option. How ironic that you can't alam anywhere in the olam, olam is the word for universe. Say olam, all right, olam. You can't have alam from olam, from the God who sees everything, who sees all. And he is everywhere in his universe. So the Bible says none of us, Romans fourteen seven lives for himself and none of us dies for himself. We don't live for ourselves. We are responsible for what comes across our path. This is what the Torah teaches. And whether it's sudden hardship or disaster or oncoming difficulty, God doesn't give me the option of indifference. I'm responsible for what God has me see, What it's in my path, all right? I can't just hide myself from it. I'm responsible for it, and I am my brother's keeper, Genesis 4, 9. Cain, you are your brother's keeper, Cain or Cain, all right? And... The Spirit of God in us knows it. Now, verse 5, a man's apparel is not to be on a woman or a man to wear a woman's clothing. Cross-dressing, basically. For whoever does these things is detestable. I'm getting into some interesting waters here, obviously, <laughs> but, I wanna, I, but I do want to address it. This issue today of gender identity confusion, if I, we can call it. That. Gender identity confusion is so serious, so serious. Gender dysphoria, gender therapy. There's so many clinics now for gender therapy. Transitioning, growing numbers of 14 and 15-year-olds identifying as trans, wanting medications that suppress puberty or hormone replacement treatments. Wanting hormone replacement treatments. It's happening all over our nation. And the world, but even more, you know, all over the world. But even, you know, it's, it's stronger. I think the, the, the rates are even higher in the U.S. It's sad. And why? When, you know, there's many reasons for this. But it's being, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're surrounded by everything in the media and everything in, you know, television and everything. is, you know, like affirming this is normal. It's not normal. This is what it's supposed to be. No, it's not. Oh, and so our, our youth are struggling with it. You know, because they say, well, but I, but it seems to be normal. But no, it's not. Jonathan Kahn's upcoming new book, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, and uh, is called The Return of the Gods. It's heavy. I don't have the book, but Charisma Magazine ha- has headlined it. We feature him, our organization, the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America, the International Alliance of Messianic uh, Congregations and Synagogues. I'm on the steering committee of that. We always feature him. He is the keynote, the, the final speaker at our Messiah conference every year. And if you miss him, you've missed something. You've missed someone. Because he has a prophetic calling, in my opinion. I think he is. I, don't, I think there are very few that I would say, are, someone says they're a prophet. He's never said that. I think he is. But that's my opinion. Just opinion. I could be wrong. I've been wrong once before in my life. My wife I will tell you. One, my wife will tell you. Once I was wrong. I could name certain people in my early believing life that I said they were. That person had a prophetic call. They were. I don't believe a lot of people that say they're prophets and people call them prophets are personally. But when he speaks, he has a a mantle of speaking into the culture and to the body of the Messiah that we don't like sometimes. It ruffles us and we say, "Well, I don't like that." That shakes me. Maybe I don't agree. Oh, I don't know. That's kind of, well, we have to, we're, maybe it's challenging us out of our comfort zone and shaking us up. But I know the man, by the way, I spent time with him when he was just starting before he was famous, quote unquote, and he's a humble man. And I spent time with him at the Messiah conference, by the way, uh, we, we spent some time together and he's still the same humble man. He's a humble servant of God. He really is. He just loves the Lord. Uh, has a, you know, beautiful family, you know, uh, and, and I love the way he just, at the Messiah Conference, he's in the cafeteria for all the meals, those of you that were there this year, doesn't just hide from everybody, and I, he probably should, because unfortunately some people, you know, like with celebrities, quote, you know, they, they make them uncomfortable, because they're always, you know, wanting, oh, take my picture, and you know, I hate that, um, but I understand people want to, but anyway, back to the message His upcoming book, The Return of the Gods, is going to come out, and he says this. It's dealing with the gods. He's basically saying that these gods, spirits, demons, have never died. They're resurfacing, and they're alive in our culture and active. And Mesopotamia, Sumer, Sumer, the ancient Sumer, the ancient gods returning, ancient mythology, the pagan worlds, The Enchantress, he says, has placed America under her spell. The principality known as the Transformer possessed the powers of metamorphosis, to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man, to change one into the other. Strange transformations now overtaking America and world culture. The defeminization and the masculinization of woman. The emasculating and feminization of men. Heavy, heavy, right? A rabbi I like, Rabbi Tzvi says said this is back about seven, eight years, eight years ago. He said this, God was no fool when he made each creature according to its unique species and kind. That's Genesis 1, I think, verse 25. The Torah taught us that each part of creation from the outset has its unique strengths and weaknesses. Each gender has something distinct and special to bring to the table that and that we each need one another to create a perfect whole. The prohibition of wearing clothing of the opposite sex allows us to get back to one of the most basic concepts in existence. Men And women are not necessarily identical. We need to return to respecting, cherishing, and celebrating the strengths that each gender offers to the other. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully, awesomely, and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, verse 14 God has made you, designed you beautifully the way you are. If you're struggling with that in your life, if you're struggling with that in your life, we love you personally. God loves you, and he, he cares about your struggle. He's, doesn't, he's not against you. And I know there's countless people here who would who will love to sit, who would sit down and pray with you, would talk to you about it, like to talk you through that. You are, you don't have to, consider being something else, some being the opposite sex or another, you know, transitioning. You really don't. You are who God designed you to be, and you're beautiful. You're wonderful the way he's designed you. God loves you. That's all I can say. I mean, um, and you're beautifully made, beautifully created. Read Psalm 139, but feel free to contact, talk to, any, to many here, not just me. I mean, so many people here I know that would, would, would help, be glad to help you all I'm going to say about that. All right, Deuteronomy 25, Amalek, Amalek, verse 17 through 19, remember what Amalek did to you along the way as you came out from Egypt. How he happened upon you, that's kind of a good translation, I think, really, he came upon you, but along the way and attacked those among you in the rear. Boy, is that dirty. Right from, from behind. All the stragglers behind you When you were tired and weary, he did not fear God. Now, when Adonai, your God, grants you rest from the enemies surrounding you in the land that Adonai, your God, is giving you as an inheritance to possess, you are to blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. Don't forget. Do not forget. How about that? What's he talking about? By the way, we don't know who are uh, the, what happened to the Amalek uh, Amalites today, where they wiped out during King Saul's reign, very possibly or not, mixed with other nations. We don't know who they are today, really. Uh, <clears throat> strange ideas historically, who they were. Some even say the Christians of Rome, The uh, Armenians, the Germans, several decades before the Holocaust, that was a thought. Interestingly enough, the Nazis, all all people who hate Jewish people, some Jews even they thought they were, the Muslims, the Puritans, no one really knows who they are. I want what this spirit means, to wipe them, blot them out, strike them out, erase them. Now, I want to say one key trait in champion athletes is mental toughness as one rabbi says, we need to have the resolve, strength, and willpower to overcome an enemy. We have to know who and what we are dealing with and keep up the good fight. Amalek perpetrated an unprovoked attack on the faint and weary stragglers at the rear of the column of Israelites who were exhausted from their march out of Egypt. They showed no mercy to the weak. This enemy nation had the gall to attack them at a time when every other nation was cowering with fear and respect for the Jewish people. They were afraid of them. Moses specifically points out that the Jewish nation must never forget Amalek, even when things seem to be going quite well and they're in a state of peace and rest from their enemies. He warns them that they cannot drop their guard ever. They can't lose sight of the fact, we can't lose sight of the fact that there are always lurks an enemy that is willing to pounce on any weakness the way Amalek did to the weakest part of the Jewish people when they exited Egypt. Now, that's some stuff to take principles from because we cannot drop our guard ever. First Peter 5 eight says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like what? A roaring lion seeking whom he may what devour, devour. Oh, The Greek word is actually to drink, drink down. I just remember looking that up. drink down, oh, just drink down, boom during the biblical period, we were attacked by various peoples. Why blot out the memory of Amalek as opposed to other peoples who have attacked us well there's two two ideas here, two different thoughts: Rabbi Yitzhak. Franel, of Portugal, Spain, 15th century, Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yitzchak Arama, Spain, 15th century, say that Amalek deviated from the norms of war. They attacked a weak, defenseless bunch of slaves on the road just for the sake of attacking them. They had nothing to gain from the attack since the Israelites had just left Egypt. It would lead neither to improving their reputation as warriors nor to significant spoils. All right? So that's one reason. Deviated from the norms of war, attacked a weak, weak nation. Another reason, Rabbi, another Rabbi Avraham Shmuel Sofer, long name, Hungary, in the 1800s, emphasized the words undeterred by the fear of God. There was no fear of God. Amalek attacked the Israelites immediately after God redeemed them from Egypt with signs and wonders, showing that they had no fear of God. That is why Exodus says that God will be at war with Amalek from generation to generation, Exodus 17, 16. It is, so to speak, a war between God and Amalek. So he says, who who are, basically apply this. Who are the weak and weary in our midst, in our city I would, I'm going to apply it a little more in our city, in our neighborhood, in our congregation, in our, uh, maybe in our, if we say new immigrants, foreign workers, victims of abuse, youth struggling, we just talked about, with gender confusion due to a barrage of social media, and inverted, inverted educational system. We have to be sure that the fear of Adonai is what controls us, Yerat Adonai is what controls us. He says in verse 18, they attacked you in the rear, all the stragglers, all the weak, chashal, the weak, the shattered, the crushed. When you were weak, ayef means you were exhausted, tired, weary, uh, yage, 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 yeah, yageya in Hebrew, tired, weary, worn out, and they did not fear God. In other words, they attacked those who posed no threat to them, the weak, when they were exhausted and worn out, attacked from behind. So just like a mountain lion pounces on the vulnerable, the sick, and the injured, so our adversary hunts among the herding. Yeshua, after he fasted for 40 days, was hungry and tired, and he was lonely in the desert. And that's when the adversary came, the tempter came and tempted him, Right? Uh, Esau, when he was hungry, was tempted. That's when the temptation came. Hungry, tired, lonely. What emotionally can wear you out and open the door to the adversary? Or me to the adversary? Well, Ephesians 26 and 27 says, Letting anger linger can. 4.26-27, Be angry, yet do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Nor give a the devil a foothold. So letting anger, the sun go down on my anger. If I hold on to anger, I'm angry and I let and I don't deal with it, then that gives a place, literally a foothold to the adversary. Or holding on to unforgiveness. In Second Corinthians chapter two, verses ten and eleven, he says, Paul says, Now anyone You forgive, I also forgive. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, he says, I did it for you in the presence of the Messiah so that we might not be outwitted by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. That's what he wants you to be not forgive. He wants me not to forgive. Hold on, get bitter and let it destroy your insides. Hold on to that unforgiveness. It'll destroy you. And the enemy has, that's, fulfilling, that's giving him success. Carrying anxiety over sufferings and thinking that God doesn't care is another one. 1 Peter 5, verses 7 through 9 says, Casting all your cares, your worries, your anxieties, your worries on him, for he cares for you. Stay alert, watch out, your adversary the devil prowls about like a roaring lion searching for someone to devour. Stand up against him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced, laid upon your brothers and sisters throughout the world. So if I can't hold on to the anxieties and I think God doesn't care and I just keep worrying, 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 that's giving the place to the enemy rather than giving them to the Lord. These kind of things will wear me out and leave me weak and vulnerable to the adversary. Peter, when he was feeling depressed uh, as a failure after he denied the Lord, he was like an infant wounded deer of prey. Yeshua said, he warned him, "'Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat,' told him before, "'but I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail,' and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So this was a key time when Peter, after he had denied the Lord, the enemy tried to destroy him and said, you blew it. Forget it. It's over for you. God will never use you. Bring back the promises. A weakened Peter, would, he, he became strong in faith once again, and he, would, he had to fight back with the promises of God. In, Verse 19, finishing here, blot out, he says, blot out, machah, erase, strike, the memory of Amalek, Amalek from under the heavens. Do not forget. Four or five hundred years after Moses' words, the prophet Samuel gave the same precise order to King Saul, which he disobeyed, and God replaced him with David. On Purim, every year, Purim, we, Purim or Purim, we, you know, symbolically do that by shaking our groggers and stomping our feet. We're blotting out the name of Haman, a descendant of of Amalek. Uh, And there's many different customs. That began about 1200 CE, I believe. There's many other customs, Sephardic Ashkenazi customs, uh, to do this. But for us as believers, let's just apply it. Let's blot out the memory of the, the evil one of Amalek let 's blot out his memory through obedience to the Word of God, through quoting the, the promises of the Word of God. Yeshua had said it is written, it is written, it is written that 's how he came back when he was when he was weak when he was in that weak time. it is written, uh, let go of anger and give it to the Lord, give it to God, forgive as as you 've been forgiven as i 've been forgiven." by God and Messiah. Forgive. Let go of it. Give the worries to God, knowing he cares for you. He cares for you. And remind yourself and the devil of who you are, God believes in you, and that he's called you by his grace. I love those words that Yeshua said to Peter. He said, once you're turned, and I believe it would be equivalent to Teshuvah, once you've returned, once you've come back, he says, strengthen your brothers. And I believe that the Holy Spirit brought those words, God brought them back to Peter's mind, and he said, oh, he told me I would come back. And he said, he still believes in me. I'm going to strengthen my brothers. I'm not, he's not giving up on me. It's not over for me. And I believe that it's uh, the promises of God, the word of God that comes back, that we, we remind ourselves of, that saves us in those times. We call to our mind and quote the promises of God, remind ourselves that God of God's faith, love for us, that he hasn't given up on us, and of his promises. And that's what will help defeat Amalek. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your the victory in Messiah. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we can blot out, we can strike out, blot out Amalek in our lives, God. Uh, whoever, we don't know who the literal descendants are today, but... But spiritually, Lord, we can blot out. We thank you, Lord. I know there's many ways to apply this, Lord, this thing today. I know as far as nations, of course, we know there's enemies. Israel has enemies. We have enemies as a country, as a nation, oh God, and that uh, are still always looking to destroy. And uh, we can't let down our guard, Lord. We have, But we have a spiritual adversary, Lord. We have a uh, a lion who's looking walking about, seeking to devour. So help us be on our guard. Help us let go of the anger. Help us let go of unforgiveness. Um, Help us let go of our cares, our our worries. Give them all, everything to you, Lord. Help us be obedient to your word through the power of your spirit, Lord. Trusting your word. Reminding ourselves of your promises. Help us to obey and, and trust your word and quote it to the adversary. It is written, it is written. And thank you and praise you in Yeshua's name. If you've never trusted Yeshua today uh, and received him, this is a great time for you to put your faith in the Messiah. Say, Lord, I'm giving my life to you today. Just say a simple prayer. Open your, just open your words of your mouth from your heart. Say, Lord, save me. Rescue me, Lord. I'm, tr- I'm placing my faith in. Thank you for dying me. Thank you for sending Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, to die for my sins. Forgive me. I am I want a new start. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving me. By faith, I trust that you love me. I don't understand it, but I'm trusting you today. Give me that new beginning. I want to be born again. I'm trusting Yeshua, Jesus, as my Messiah. And if you're praying that, if you're watching virtually, please contact us. We'll contact you back. If you're here today, please let someone pray with you. The-
0: Ye varekha don't I wish me reha. Shalom, the Lord blesses you and keeps you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you. And is gracious unto you, the Lord bestows favor upon you, and gives you his peace. Amen, Bishem Yeshua, Amen.